Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Christmas Eve worship. Grab a cup of coffee or healing tea, strap on some running shoes, pick up your knitting needles or crochet hooks, and join us. I am Pastor Amanda Zentalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. So when I was a kid, Christmas Eve worship was Midnight Mass often celebrated at 10 o'clock, right? which we mocked endlessly because we were teenagers. Of course. Now, did it end close to midnight? You know what? The funny thing is, for the church that I grew up in, if it was not a Sunday morning church, they tried to speed through those special ones, unless it's going to be your vigil. Anytime there was a vigil in the name, you were there for hours. (laughs) But no, midnight mass starting at 10 o'clock usually got out about 11. Okay. All right. Our midnight mass starts at 11 and we finish around midnight. Oh, okay. It works out for us in this congregation. Sure. Now, is that a thing? Is it a Christmas Eve thing that you try to get to midnight for some reason? It's kind of like the Holy Vigil on Saturday for Easter okay. Easter Saturday, which most traditionally would end at midnight or even longer, would even go till sunrise because the point of the vigil is to kind of hold that space of the tomb all the way through to the sunrise. Okay. But midnight mass for Christmas Eve, I don't know the actual origins of that. I just know that it's a part of the traditions of the North American churches. I assume it might be across the world, but... Yeah, who knows? It would be interesting to look into that. Someone should look into the origin of the Midnight Mass Mm -hmm. and see where that comes from. Mm -hmm. So as far as the churches that you've served, Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve worship, is this the thing that has always been, even when Christmas does or does not fall on a Sunday, or Christmas Eve does or does not fall on a Sunday? Absolutely. Christmas Eve worship is in my experience of the ELCA, one of those things that happens. Christmas Day worship, on the other hand, is negotiable. Oh, yeah. Because we want to be opening presents and not necessarily sitting in a church pew. Yeah. and I Although think singing Joy to the World is enjoyable to me. That's an Advent hymn. Oh, well. We can sing that this week. Yeah, but we don't. That's true. But we could. We could. <laughs> But the Christmas Day, I think there are still plenty of congregations that do Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve worship has become kind of a cornerstone. Okay. You know, we talk about CEOs, Christmas Easter's only, Uh and it's Christmas Eve that people will come to because the services are really lovely and they're unique because they're evening services and it's dark Mm -hmm. and we don't often spend time in our sanctuaries Mm -hmm. when it's dark. That's true. I think that it might be different if you're in a non-denominational congregation that has more of an auditorium where the lights are always controlled. Sure. But when you're in a mainline denomination, Catholic or Protestant, where the... It's a traditional church building. It's a traditional church building, like Eric spoke about in Mm -hmm. the Church Architecture podcast, where the lighting is kind of controlled by the actual sun as much as anything because of the way that the lights come through the windows. Mm -hmm. So for those of us who have rooms like that where we worship, Christmas Eve is one of the few times where we actually control our own lighting, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it gives that beautiful opportunity for candlelight moments. Sure. Okay, so let's take a step back and go, what does Christmas Eve worship look like? Sure. There are lots of congregations that do it in lots of different ways. Okay. 
I Does think, it follow the same basic? You come in, you have lessons, you sing some songs, may or may not have communion? Yeah. Okay. And I think that different congregations do it so many different ways. The size of the congregation and the expected attendance will kind of set how many services you do. Okay. Some of my first worship services that I attended on purpose were Advent and Christmas Eve. It was okay. right, right as I was being baptized. And actually, as we're recording this today, this is my baptismal anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. Thank you. I can drink alcohol as a Christian now. <laughs> nice. 21 years old as a Christian. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Going to Christmas Eve for me was a really special and beautiful thing because it was this lovely evening activity with beautiful, quiet music mm-hmm. and kind of a gentle service. When I went to seminary, then very shortly after I was baptized, I ended up learning how to work them at a local congregation here in Portland. Okay. I was dating a gentleman who was serving at Westland Lutheran Church. Okay. And his first year of his first call that year, I came up to visit off of break from seminary and helped out for the Christmas Eve services. At that time, Westland had five Christmas Eve services. Wow. And each one like had a specific theme and a different thing. And so they started at like three in the afternoon and they ran until midnight. About three is the most I can remember of any major church I've ever been to. Yeah. You know, one was like a Celtic one and one was a kid one and one was very specifically themed. And I stayed and I helped out through all of the services that night. I didn't have anything better to do. Sure. Right. It was absolutely fantastic. And in between services... We sat in the senior pastor's office and ate Christmas cookies people had brought to us, right? Lovely. And it was this camaraderie and opportunity to just spend an entire day leading worship. Sure. And it was so awesome. And also, I'm a night owl. Mm -hmm. So really love these hours. These are great hours for me to be leading worship. Yeah, so much better than the 8 a.m. service. Oh, Easter sunrise. Not a possibility in my book. you got to find another pastor to do that one. Lovely. I, I am really bad at those hours. So it was a fabulous evening, and I think it kind of set the tone for my expectation of what it is, what Christmas Eve is. Oh, sure. And it's often multiple services, Mm -hmm. usually two, if not more, Mm -hmm. an early service and a late service, and then time in between them. And some congregations will theme the early service to be more kid-friendly or kid-focused. Sure, because who wants to keep a three-year-old up until 11 o'clock at night? Some people do. Some people do. Some people keep the kids up to the 11 o'clock and then hope that they can sleep past the 5 a.m. hour on Christmas morning. Oh, no. My kids were not that way, and I was rigid with the schedule. That's so funny. (laughs) I've had kids come in pajamas to the late service. Oh, I'm sure. And they're sweet, and they're quiet. Because they're kind of in that cozy space and the room lends itself to that cozy mystery at the 11 o'clock. It was kind of lovely. But every service is different and congregations will advertise what their flavor is. And I get a lot of questions here as to, you know, is it a kid's service? Is it a family service at the first one and traditional at the late? Because of how our congregation is, Mm -hmm. I have us do the same thing at both services. Yeah, I haven't noticed much of a 
difference between the two other than the choir may sing more at one or the other? Exactly. The special music is different Mm -hmm. because oftentimes our musicians want to come to one or the other service. Mm -hmm. Very few people attend both services Mm -hmm. unless you're employed. (laughs) Or a dedicated singer like my husband. Exactly. A generous singer like your husband. And so since most people choose one or the other, then the the special music will change out at the services. But otherwise, I keep the service the exact same because I think for this congregation, our children are well served by what we create and what we create serves our children. Mm -hmm. Like we don't create separate spaces for our kids. We include the kids in everything we do. Mm -hmm. And so keeping the normal DNA of our worship service, it's going to be kid friendly And it's going to be inclusive of them. And it's going to be holy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be traditional in the ways in which it is traditional. So we just do the same thing, different special music. So let me ask you this then, before we get into the specifics of what worship looks like here at Central. As far as the ELCA is concerned, are there special traditions or guidelines that they give out or is it just this is the lectionary for this particular service and you're free to go from there yeah okay it's we just follow the lectionary the same as always no martin luther directed that we have to do this and this and this nope okay it's all adiaphora which means it's all personal preference and congregational preference now i would hazard to say that there are plenty of congregations that have traditions that do not feel like they are optional. (laughs) No, once you get into a good routine, it's hard to break it. Exactly. But truly it's all congregational choice. Okay. So then for this particular congregation, what are the routines like for here? Fairly simple. It follows very much the Sunday morning format. Okay. You'll come in and the difference will be being offered a candle. We have wax candles and we have electric candles for either little hands or for hands that shake. Mm -hmm. So people can choose which of those candles they would like to use. They head to their seats. We open with the same kind of opening and gathering prayer. We hear the lessons. I'll do a children's sermon at both times. If there are no children at the late service, depending upon how it feeds into the adult sermon, I may or may not do it with the adults. Okay. And then we have our sermon and a hymn of the day. Then we share communion. We do have communion on Christmas Eve. Okay. At this congregation. At both services. At both services. And then we go straight from communion directly into Silent Night and the lighting of the candles. So everyone gets their candles lit and we sing Silent Night together. It's a beautiful time. I have the best seat in the house on Christmas <laughs> I bet Eve. you do. Because I get, get to, to see, see everybody, <laughs> right? Like all of my people in this beautiful glow. It's so beautiful from my perspective. So sometimes I feel like, well, what if I had everybody kind of stand in a circle or do something or like come up one at a time and look at how beautiful it is up here. You know, it's, it's just gorgeous. Maybe one day I'll have the kids come up with me during that time so they can see it. That's an idea, but it's beautiful. And then we say a prayer and a benediction and bless people to head out into their evenings. So nothing really distinguishes a Christmas Eve service other than the date. Other than the date, other than it's December 24th. Okay. And the topic is the same every year. Well, sure. Jesus showed up. 
And what else is the same every year? Does the music change or are there some standards? That's where your congregational, like, culture kind of dictates. Okay. There are probably hymns that have been chosen and used for a very long time. Silent Night, pretty much a done deal. Okay. If you don't do Silent Night and Candlelight, you're going to hear about it. I wouldn't even dare to touch that. Mm-hmm. I would take communion out before I took Silent Night out mm-hmm. on a Christmas Eve I service. I would agree with you on that one. Right? It's just part of it. So there's that piece. And beyond that, you can change it. You know, you just want to know your context before you make that choice. Sure. Okay, so for those who may be listening who don't specifically have a church that they go to, mm-hmm. how would you go about picking a Christmas Eve service? That's a great question. Really, Christmas Eve is one of those services where you will likely get very similar things no matter what church you go to. Okay, especially if you're looking Lutheran-specific, ELCA-specific. ELCA. Specific. yeah. yeah. The likelihood that it's going to be one of those days where all of a sudden the pastor goes off script and... (laughs) Not a lot of going off book on Christmas Eve. It's not really the day to gamble with. Okay. It's just not worth it. Like if that's the hill you want to die on, you can go ahead and do that, but I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. So what you're going to get when you come is you're going to get the story of Jesus. And no matter where you go, you're probably going to get the story of Jesus and you're going to get... Silent Night with Candles. Okay. And so you can really choose just about any spot you want to go to. That's why I think people do the themed Christmas Eve services. Okay. Right? Like a Celtic Christmas Eve or a bluegrass Christmas Eve. Because really what you can sort of change up is the flavor of the music. Okay. But the story is going to be the same. And so you can certainly go online and Google Christmas Eve services near me Mm -hmm. and see if anything comes up. If anything comes up real quick, you know that congregation has taken time to care. (laughs) Oh, okay. Mostly I say that because it's a lot of work to get your congregation's results high up in Google. Sure. So we're discovering because we're actively trying to do that. Mm -hmm. And it it takes a lot of work. So if you have a congregation that when you type it in, you get a quick hit back, they're a congregation that is thinking about their visitors. Okay. Wanting to do outreach. And actively seeking to make themselves available. Okay. Hopefully they understand that it's not in order to suddenly make you into a member. Uh uh That's not the expectation. The expectation is to be welcoming and to say, hey, you're totally welcome to come and be with us on this night. It would be great to have you with us. And that's really what it's about. Okay. So as much as anything, it's the time you want to go and perhaps the theme you want to listen to. Yeah, totally. And understand that you might be one of many, many visitors. Sure. And this is a night where you're going to be welcomed and hopefully people will say hello to you. Hopefully they're going to be gracious about it. Mm -hmm. And unless you very specifically are wanting to be followed up with, Mm. you can probably disappear pretty easily too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're curious and want to get in, get out. It's possible on Christmas Eve. It is. Now, I mean, this is two introverts talking, right? Absolutely. But then again, if you want that follow-up and you really enjoy the service and you think you're going to check them out another week or you want to know more about it, be really clear of your interest Mm -hmm. and and really kind of step out of your own comfort zone to say, this is really a fantastic place. I want to know more. Mm -hmm. 
can we meet for coffee? Pastors. Or it can be as easy as filling out the little bit of paperwork at community yeah. time. Fill out the little thingy bobby in the pew mm-hmm. or send a note afterwards or anything like that. Mostly just because I, I mean, again, I'm an introvert, right? So I probably will not chase down every single visitor that comes on Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. I remember you and I pray for you all year. Aww. We have some Christmas folks that... I love Christmas Eve because I get to see them once a year, right? And get to check in on them. There are some some young women who came with their father for several years and he passed away. You know, seeing them when they came back the year after and they were up in the balcony, right? They stay because it hurt too much to be sure. down, right? It's a big grief. But yeah, they're on my heart all year. Yeah, you know, that's the kind of thing that you don't have to be a member at a church to come and be a part of the community. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a voting member in order for the pastor to care who you are and to care for your wellness. And so don't downplay, I think, your opportunity to connect on Christmas and at the same time make it really clear that you do want a connection. Sure. Because either exhaustion right? You can probably hear I've got Uh a bit of a cold, right? So exhaustion from the pastor might make it so that we don't follow up well. Or if the office is closed the week afterwards and the visitor cards don't get filed well, right? That could slow it down. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you aren't important, but make it real clear if you want to follow up. That's fair. Well, it's going to lead me into my last question. And I think I have an idea of what it is, but what is your favorite part of the Christmas Eve service? So my favorite part of Christmas Eve, and the service I'll say is the candle moment when I get to see everyone. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. But my favorite part of Christmas Eve is actually the time in between services. Yeah. And in this congregation, we have a huge time in between because we have a 530 and an 11. Yeah. That's long enough to be forever and yet short enough. You can't really go home and come back. No, you don't want to go home and Mm-mm. come back, right? There's an, that's kind of pointless, especially mm-hmm. if the weather is crummy. Mm-hmm. So... It started because of that first Christmas that I described where we sat in the pastor's office eating Christmas cookies. (laughs) Sure. And it has evolved as my personal tradition. And I've done this all the years of my ministry to make a meal for the staff in between services. So those of us who are here for both services and don't really want to go home and we're just kind of here. So I started this in my first call by making lamb stew. Hmm. Then it went to beef stew. Mm. Last year. The lamb got a little too on point for that stew. No, it's <laughs> okay. hard to find lamb. True. Like, I don't have a Costco membership anymore. All so right. it's hard to find lamb. Then last year it was the pasta fagioli, right? Like, sure. But some kind of crock pot, warm, mm-hmm. cozy soup. Mm-hmm. And invite other staff members to bring whatever they want to bring. And then just in between service, we gather together. And we enjoy our meal and we have some downtime and check in and laugh and clean up afterwards and then have a little bit more downtime before the next service comes along. But it's so lovely to have that much time to just sit and relax between the services and be present. And I've already done the sermon once, so things Uh are kind of set in my head and yeah, I love that time in between. And then getting to like hang out on the porch at night. And welcome people in. It's beautiful. It's just so beautiful. Oh, that's fantastic. I love the 11 o'clock service. It's my favorite of the (laughs) year. Oh, that's lovely. 
Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Christmas Eve worship. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and I invite all of you who are here here in the Portland metro area to come join us for Christmas Eve. And those of you not in the area to find us on Facebook. That's right. I will try to stream them. It's hard sometimes with the dark services to be seen, but give it a whirl. We'll have them streaming. Hopefully I'll have my voice on full point by then. (laughs) And they will be at 5.30 and 11 o'clock on December 24th with special music. It will be beautiful. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.